Old habits die hard. I'm sitting here waiting on Tyler to play a Mike <laughs> Gundy clip. Uh, forgot that he's out on remote today, man. What you say? Hey, what you say? <laughs> huh? She loves people. I know. <laughs> she just loves people. I know. I know. It's a fun, always a fun start to the show today. I probably... I don't know what I would have played today. I, I've gotten in the habit of playing these uh, McGill Chavis and Todd Bates clips, calling themselves uh, Salt and Pepper all the time. What do you want to do? Uh-oh. Who do you want to be? Clips like that. It gets me fired up. I love uh, that Chavis runs around in the uh, the new sunglasses, you know, that look like, <laughs> uh, look like dirt bike goggles from the 1990s. <laughs> I love it. It's, yeah, it's, I, uh, I only wish, we talked about this before, I only wish I could pull those off. Yeah, there's no way I could either. Don't worry. Uh, I, I'll tell you exactly the audio clip I would have played today because I saw it earlier and said, huh, I would play that audio clip today if I wasn't uh, live at Mitchell's Jewelry today. It was the uh, breaking it down in practice before it started today where Britt Venables was, uh, got to or get to, get to, got to or get to, and the tears of the team's like, get to. Which I'm guessing you saw that up close and personal since you were out there today. Uh, yeah, was that to start it or to finish it? I don't know. I it looked yeah. it looked could have been either or I, or yeah. either one, I guess. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, stopped by practice today, uh, and by the way, what an awesome day for uh, a full pad practice. It was they started at like ten o'clock. And it was like 80 degrees at 10 o'clock. It was awesome out there. And it got warm. It it, it did get warm. But, man, today is like a, a diamond in the rough with the 105-degree temperature weather we've had recently. Yeah, buddy. They were getting it on out there pretty good now. They were getting after it. And you can tell they got, they got the camp legs going on. They're, what, day six or seven right now. And, um, you know, they've been, been at it really hard. And, and you know you could tell that some guys are starting to uh start, starting to feel it a little bit and the head is is swimming in no man's land out there trying to figure out what what call we're in where do I line up what am I supposed to do <laughs> you could you could tell that that the the camp fatigue is setting in but it's supposed to that's a good thing yeah first full day in uh, first full day pads uh, for this football team today and he said last night at the press conference this is going to be the toughest what 10 days that they've had yeah. up to this point now you were one of the very few you know because muleshoe was paranoid and weird and shut off the practice to basically everyone while he was the head coach here but you were one of the few that got to go to practice from time to time i got a lot of questions about what you saw today but i really want to start here just in terms of an intensity standpoint and a detail standpoint what did today look like compared to what you had seen the past three to four years at a training camp practice well it's just you know it's kind of the uh the same thing that we've talked about previously there, there's just a, there's a different level of pressure out there. You know, the head coach has the mic and is screaming into the mic at, you know, individual players about where they're supposed to be or what they should have done or yelling at the coaches about what personnel we're in, what's the down and distance. Like every single person on the field is uh, taking direct fire at all times. It's it's just just a, a little bit 
different type of thing out there, man. It's um, I like it. it. It's good. And I just – the biggest thing to me is the support staff, like how crucial yeah. it is to have as many guys around as they have. It just it it just makes everything flow a little bit easier. It, the coaches are you know spending way more time coaching. It's it's just uh it's it's pretty fluid. There's no doubt. Well, and not even just at practice. You know the unfortunate situation that we found out about on Sunday night, Monday morning, right? You know if that were to happen. A year ago, with the number of staff that they had then compared to now, and, and, and maybe yeah. I can't remember everyone that was in a support a support staff role a year ago, but they didn't have nearly the personnel. I'm going to guess that you don't have, you know, someone like L.D. Washington that's just able to step in like that as your wide receivers coach for the rest of the year. So like, I think that we've already seen, like, how critical it is to have that large of a staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about it um, to be able to – to pluck uh, individually like that is is a nice added benefit. You just have so many guys walking around that have real world experience. You've got um, like Phil Lodeholt is out there. You've got uh, Curtis Lofton, Rufus Alexander, Lance Mitchell. I mean, just, the list just goes on and on and on of support staff that played here played at a really really high level offer you know whatever they need to offer up to the players offer whatever they need to offer up to the coaches it's just a, it's just a really good atmosphere so did Brent Venables create an environment today to back up what he said yesterday that this was going to be day one of the 10 toughest days that they've had did, is that what today looked like it was it was tough yeah yeah it was tough it was um there's there's plenty of good out there there's plenty of learning moments out there it was tough but you know it was physical they got after it they had some some really good physical periods um i yeah i i'd say that's a very it was a very good start to what's going to be a rough 10 days it's just it's hard for me to it's hard for me to say like the next 10 days are going to be really tough whenever they don't have to do that again this afternoon, you know? Right. I, it's yeah. just a whole different it's just a whole different situation as far as like calling what's tough and what's not, you know. But, you know, I there's there's probably some good from that. Like they can they can learn more, they can walk through, they can meet more, but um it was good. There's some there's some really really good things that are happening out there. There's no doubt about that on both sides of the ball, which is good. Uh, who out there just look different than everyone else? Um, huh. That's an interesting question. Uh, there's <laughs> there's kind of there's a couple of those at almost every position. Which is saying something. Right. Uh, There's a couple of guys at wide receiver that are just, I don't know, I don't know how you can expect to cover them ever, ever with anyone one-on-one. 
I got we got Jerry Rice out there or what? Randy Moss out there running routes today? Can't cover him one on one. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, Randy Moss was six six. <laughs> okay, do tell who is uncoverable out there in a one on one situation. I am all ears, please. Yeah, okay. well, the young wide receivers are going to be a problem for the uh, the Big 12 this year. A yeah, you like Nick Anderson problem. and Jaden Gibson? You like those yeah. two guys? Like them. I mean, from a defensive sp- standpoint, I hate them. Like, put them in a different sport. Basketball. Go play basketball. Yeah. Uh, uh, unreal. Wow. There's some unreal stuff out there. They look really, really good. Uncoverable now, in one-on-one gonna situations. Be, there's going to be some moments, right? Um uh, you always expect the the offense to be a little bit ahead early on in camp. Defense will will slowly catch up, but but right now those guys are they're doing really really good. Backfield looks really really good. Dylan Gabriel looks really good. Um, yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of good stuff going on. Well, what about the offensive line? You just said everyone on the offense looks really good, and you didn't mention the O-line. What's going on? Not really, really good? I talked to I talked to a bunch of guys out there, staff members, and pretty much heard the same thing over and over. The offensive line is the strength of the entire football team. Nuh-uh. Are you making that up or are you being serious? No. The offensive line, who by our own account, we thought that it was going to be the biggest question mark on the team. You're telling me that multiple guys that were out there in practice don't only think that the offensive line is good, it's the strength of the team. I just want to make sure I heard you correctly. The strength of the team. Both sides of the – both sides of the ball. Co- coaches on both sides of the ball. Okay. Well, hey, if that's true, if they're accurate about that assessment and that ends up happening throughout the season, this team's going to the college football playoff. If the offensive line is the best part of this football team and the rest of this football team, by the way, judging by what you've told me yesterday and today, sounds like they're pretty good too. Yeah, this team will go to the playoff, and they'll have one maybe, of the, they'll have one of maybe, the best off. They'll have a top five offense in the sport this year. Maybe the offensive line just looks so good because everyone else sucks. That there's that could potentially be the case. You know, well, you told me yesterday. You told me yesterday. You thought the defensive line was really good and really deep, both out on really the edge good, and in the interior. Yeah, I saw some really good stuff on the defensive line too. And they got some youngsters playing, man. They got some young guys that are playing really well. Yeah. The, yeah, the personnel I... is wide-ranging on the team. There's there's guys, um, there's older guys that are contributing. There's transfer guys that are contributing. There's young guys. I mean, there's a there's a really good good balance across the board there of guys that are that are playing good football. It doesn't surprise me to hear you say that 
the young guys, and I'm thinking that that means true freshmen too, that are contributing right away. Just because I feel like this class, and, and, and you were, you've been at practice for the past few years, so you could definitely speak on this, but I feel like the guys that they have brought in, just from a physical standpoint, their bodies are more ready to play now, like up and down throughout the entirety of that 22 class, maybe than what we've seen from previous classes. Like Gentry Williams can – can play right now. Not saying that he's the best version of himself and he can't get bigger, but he's he's ready to go right now. Javante Barnes, RSJ, potentially Jaron Canick, Jaden Gibson, Nick Anderson, already mentioned both those guys. Jacob Sexton, rave reviews this offseason. Jaden Rose, six foot three and really fast. Like you get the point, there's several players in this class. I think like physically can can go like potentially in their true freshman year if they have to. Yeah, I think you'll I think you will see some true freshmen out there on the field uh, in some spots. Uh, I think I think definitely offensively, skill position wise. Um, I think I think you may you may see perhaps a guy or two on defense at times uh, contributing a little bit. Maybe like uh, situational type stuff. I don't know. It's way too early to see to to really tell. Um, you know, maybe some of those guys, like I always tell you, fall. young guys look really good early in camp and then start to fade. Uh, maybe you'll see some of that go down. But maybe you'll see some guys that continue to, to play really well and, and are able to, to chip out a, 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 a place to go get some snaps in, in situational type football. I like this. So are you telling me that I should just tell Newton Gina Mitchell here at Mitchell's Jewelry to get, get the rings ready for January? No. Go ahead and get the mock-ups. Well, yeah, they can mock it up. I, I, didn't, I said nothing of the sort. I just said there's some good stuff going on. It's training camp. What do you think? It's going to just all be bad? Well, that's what – yeah. Because normally <laughs> we've done the show so long together that normally this is the time of the year – where the optimism doesn't completely go away, but it's kind of like, um, well, there's a different tone that's taken during this time of the year and certainly getting into the season. I've done the show long enough with you that it's not doom and gloom, but it's a lot more. This is a different tone in August than I've ever heard before, which gets me and everyone else kind of giddy. Here's the deal. Uh, I'll tell you right now, there's – there's, there's plenty of really good stuff, but there's plenty of, I'm, I'm not going to say bad stuff, but things that are going to have to have a lot of work and come a really long ways. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, I'll just tell you right now, like defensively, they are, it's a lot, and that's no surprise to anyone. Everyone knows this, that Brent Venable's system is a lot it's demanding. It's demanding on a bunch of different guys, uh, positionally, adjustment-wise. Uh, it's there's a lot going on there. So, like, in order for them to play elite-level defense, top ten-level defense, top twenty-five-level defense, just the entire base level of knowledge on the entire defense has to come up across the board by a pretty big long shot. And it will. 
I like I'm there's there's no doubt in my mind that it will. Physically, we we have some really gifted players out there. We just got to get everyone that locked in to be able to squeeze everything out of their their potential, and that that all comes from knowing the defense. So that's that's the learning curve right now. Hey, and that's that's all valid. It's all true. I just never thought that at any point this year I was going to hear someone say, "Hey, the offensive line." might be the best position group on the entire team. Like, that yeah. is significant if it ends up being true. Significant. Yeah. And in fact, it's the biggest development in a positive way that this team could have hoped to have had, I, I think. Yeah. Hey, I, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. They, it doesn't mean they don't have a long way to go, but they've started really strong. Um, health is an issue, but... I don't want to say that, like it, like you don't have to stay healthy. It doesn't matter, but <laughs> they like they like it ten deep on the offensive line right now. Wow! So, all right. Well, we got to get to some of these texts coming up next segment because, buddy, you uh you got everyone going on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Woo! Well, hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. Nothing like a little bit of excitement out there. There's some. There's some things to be excited about. I think if if everything continues to progress like it is right now, I think I'll pick them to win against UTEP in week one. <laughs> well, hey, I don't care about that. Will they cover the spread, which is <laughs> right. 30, is it 36 and a half or something like that? I, I can't remember. 32 and I a half, know. maybe that's what it is. So let me know about that, please. I don't know. One of those. One of the problems with that is, the more you get up by, the quicker that second team D comes in. You know, and well, you just told me it don't matter. They're thirty deep at every single position, so it's all not, good, baby. I said nothing of the sort. All right, uh, quick okay. timeout. Opening timeout. I'm hanging out here at Newcastle Casino today. Tyler's at Mitchell's Jewelry. More from the rush coming up. It is the rush live on the ref. We're the Homo Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, dual locations today. Teddy is at the Newcastle Casino. I am at Mitchell's Jewelry for the Antwerp Diamond Events, which begins today through Saturday at 5 p.m. What does that mean? What's the Antwerp Diamond Event? Well, in short, it means the world's most beautiful diamonds from Antwerp, Belgium, are going to be here. That's right. Today through Saturday at 5 p.m., so if you're really, really looking to get someone, someone uh, something special, come over here to Mitchell's Jewelry, 2201 West Main Street, right here in Norman. All right, to the Air Comfort Solutions text line we go. I will warn you, Teddy, some of these are going to get a little bit weird, but that's okay. This one from the 580 says, Teddy, you're doing things for me the way my wife did back in high school. Keep it up, and I'll start trying to buy you dinner. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. Um, Just so we're clear, Teddy thinks this team is just different. That's from the 918. Well, let me just say to the texter, it's it's a little premature, okay, to get this excited. All right? We're still early in training camp. Let's put Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson both in on the goal line. Can't be defended. Teddy just said they were both Blitnikoff candidates. Uh, I did not say that, actually. Uh, I didn't mention anything about any awards. 
uh, on the goal line, I don't know, man. I think I'd trust the uh, the offensive line down on the goal line at this point. So two one ten area code. So Teddy, do you feel the offense will be ahead of the defense initially this season? Hard to say. Uh, it's hard to say. You know, one of the things that happens. I think I talked about this a little bit yesterday. You get in training camp, you get some intense competition between offense and defense. And what happens is like the offense, like can you imagine if you if you played against, I don't know, if you played against uh, Baylor every single day? And what their what their defense was, and you got to adjust your offense accordingly every day before you went back out to practice. You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's competition going on, and there's constant tweaking. Like if if they can see a flaw in how the defense is is lining up to something, or there's a coverage that that they aren't adjusting very good in. Uh, they will just, they'll just wear you out in that right now. It's like a game out there. So I, I think that they'll probably be ahead of them in in training camp. But whenever our defense plays a different offense that they can game plan themselves against and everything's not at maybe a breakneck speed nonstop, then I think they'll they'll catch up. I I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about where the offense is in relationship to where the defense is necessarily. I don't I don't know that that's a true picture of where they're actually at. I don't know Chase if any of that County makes says, sense. Sure. Chase in Orange County says, Teddy's assessment of the O-line makes me want to drink a Pacifico with a beer emoji, by the way. There we go. Chase went the extra mile there. I like that a lot. They, if got, Teddy is... they got some young guys uh, on the offensive line that look really, really good. Um, they've got some veteran guys. They've got they've got some maulers. They've got attitude there. I mean, there's some really good stuff to work with. Okay, look, look. Am I surprised at not only what you've said yesterday, but the past two days? I guess. Look, this staff has already exceeded, I think, everyone's expectations in recruiting up to this point. Now, this, the class isn't necessarily done, but we know it's going to be a top ten class. Got a great chance to be a top five class. Nobody thought that they could do it. And I'm not saying that exceeding expectations in recruiting means that you're going to do it on the field, but of course they're going to be better than they were last year. Of course we're going to see some young guys and some veterans out there maybe showing their best football of the career. Instead of a staff or a head coach, I should say, that wasn't all that engaged throughout the entirety of the year. Like, they upgraded massively with their coaching staff. They upgraded massively in the strength and conditioning department. So, yeah, I am a little bit surprised at what you said about the offensive line and maybe even some other individual single players, but we should have expected all along, Teddy, with the upgrade they had at the coaching staff and all the other areas, adding more coaches to the fray, like, of course this team was going to look a lot better than what they did last year. Of course there were going to be some certain guys that look like they're playing their best football of their career. We should have expected uh, it. Well, I, I think there are some guys that are that are playing the best football of their career. Uh, I think it's it's timely, but 
you should always at this age you should always be playing the best football of your career honestly you know you should be growing leaps and bounds they're not old guys yet to where your body's not there and you can't can't do the things that you used to so pretty much everyone there should be but your point is well received that there's been some guys that for whatever reason scheme wise or whatever was going on before uh maybe overlooked um but for whatever reason they're out there getting opportunities and and doing really well that is definitely happening 620 area coach so this fall camp is one of the best ocs in the country taking his offense up against the best dc in the country and helping improve the flaws in that defense that's awesome love the competition and that is i think the perfect word to use the last word of that text is the perfect word because that's what i keep hearing and that's what i feel like is going on there right now you got some depth at a lot of spots that creates a lot of competition it sounds like there's a lot of intense competition going on right now in camp yeah there is uh it's very competitive out there between offense and defense now i will just to go back to that last text message I did not say that this is going to be one of the best offensive lines in the country. I did not say that. So, uh, and I'm not saying it's not going to be, but I did not say that. We'll see where they end up. All I said was I was told it was the strength of the team. Right. Which may Um, mean we're terrible everywhere else, like I said. I don't think that that's the case. Well, you just said you'd like the freshman wide receivers that were out there. Can't be terrible everywhere. Uh, that's true. I do. Y- hey, Woo. you would have been able to see. It was one practice. You would have been able to see today if they were terrible everywhere else. It's one practice, but you can see if a, when a team is terrible or not. Yeah, it's harder they than look, you think. Did they look terrible today? It doesn't sound like it. Well, there were some things that looked bad, yeah. But, you know, that's that's to be expected. I mean, were there? Did I see anything that has me like, oh my gosh, we're in trouble there? Absolutely not. No. Uh, let's see. Well, uh, two more. Peyton says, I think everyone, including us, underrated the kind of talent we had, or at least didn't fully know how how underdeveloped we were. That yeah. that's a very fair point. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I think that I think there's a lot of truth to that, and. You know, that's why I always say that development is, is so critical. Strength and conditioning is so critical. Just I don't know how long I've been, you know, slamming my face into the table about strength and conditioning and how important it is and how it's it's a massive part of what we do here or everywhere that's, that is elite and it's almost like a – it's almost just like a, a byproduct or, or whatever previously. It wasn't the the main focus of the program. It is, again, and you can tell by the size and the athleticism that these guys have put on just in six months. You know, that that's incredible, the development that they've had in a short amount of time. And it's not just physically, strength and speed. It's also... Uh, in mindset, in toughness, and in work ethic, and in details. Remember, everyone, keep those receipts. Stuart Mandel didn't even have OU in his uh, 
post-spring top 25. You know, there, there was an article on The Athletic yesterday, Teddy, that said oddly specific predictions for each top 25 team. So naturally that headline, you know, got my attention. Huh. I said, okay, That's cool. let's see what oddly specific prediction they have for OU this year. I scroll down, I scroll down. Oh, okay, well, they don't have them at number nine, like the coaches poll. That's okay, scroll down. They'll have them somewhere 14 to 15. No, oh, okay, maybe like fringe top 20. No, not fringe top 20. Wow, they must have them 23 to 25. They didn't even have them ranked in the top 25, the athletic. Are you kidding me? Who? The, ath- the athletic didn't have OU in the top, their preseason top 25? They were, they were where they, this guy was going off Mandel's top 25 that he had that didn't oh, even have OU in the top 25. So I'm looking for their specific prediction, and they weren't even listed because he didn't even have them there. It's like, wow. my God. Can't help these people. Yeah, that's um, – I, hey, I can guarantee that OU will be a top 25 football team this year. How about that? Huh? Huh? You've made two massive predictions thus far. Oh, you'll be a top 25 team and they will beat UTEP. Yeah. Yeah. Only thing I can do is, um, well, I can just make that prediction on game one. Game two doesn't even matter at this point. Game one, I'm feeling confident right now. Yeah. He Win takes, the he next takes one. his approach one game at a time. Before right. we hit a break, Kendall says, not a Pacifico fan but I may drink a hard cider when I get home tonight. I'll let you handle that one. <laughs> hard cider. I'm trying to think. Is that like the uh, like the Angry Orchard and stuff like yes. that? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Some people will Those put aren't... a shot of Fireball in their Angry Orchard. Okay. Those aren't bad, but I feel like it ultimately is leading you down the road of a massive, massive headache. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. hard cider away, Kendall. Hard cider away. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Tyler's there, Mitchell's Jewelry. I'm hanging out at Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned. Cavens Construction, bringing you hour number one of the rush, CavensConstruction.com. You can see a full list of everything that they can do for you, and they can pretty much do everything. A little bit of a spoiler alert there for Cavens Construction. Uh, Teddy is live at Newcastle Casino. I am at Mitchell's Jewelry for the Antwerp Diamond event, which is starting today. So the most beautiful diamonds in the entire world will be right here in Norman, Oklahoma, uh, at Mitchell's Jewelry Antwerp Diamond event today through Saturday at 5 p.m. Come check it out. I guess Jerry Palm was listening to the show and heard your review about the football team. His preseason bowl projections are out, Teddy. He's got OU in the college football playoff playing Alabama in the Peach Bowl. So your, uh, your practice report is making waves. Jerry Palm's been around for a while. I feel like he is a um, he has a bracketology for college basketball with CBS. He's done for a while. Uh, I don't know. He's just kind of an older media guy, from from what I remember. But he's got OU and Bama and Ohio State and Georgia in the Fiesta Bowl for the fourteen playoff. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. There's, I think they're off to a good, solid start. They've got a long way to go. Um, they're going to have some uh, some good strengths. I think they're going to be able to run the football really well. Uh, you know, they they're going to have to stay healthy at some spots, which you know is is something that you're always just um, kind of holding your breath on. But I so far early in camp, I like what I see. 
So, um, does it change your what you're hearing and what you saw today? And it's a very small sample size. I understand that. But does it change your opinion of the Nebraska game in terms of what they're going to be able to expose offensively, how fast? Like, are you changing your opinion? You think that's going to be a really, really close game in Lincoln? No. Not at all? No. Okay. That's fine. Are it's, it's you? It's too hard to tell. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, you can see some good stuff, and you can – you could see some good individual players. It's just so hard to tell, man. You, they're without like sitting in a in a film room, and and knowing what people's responsibilities are and who was supposed to be where. And like the offense may have a great play, and someone looks really good, and it's like, wow, well, that was a nice play. But then you go back and look defensively, and it's like, well, this guy didn't get the call. He's not lined up in the right spot. So, of course, it was a, a good-looking play because we didn't have anyone there to defend it. Like, if this guy lines up in the proper spot and he has the call and and everything get, gets communicated properly, they don't even throw that football. So, you know what I'm saying? So, it just it, it becomes very difficult to try and make any, any real predictions. I, even whenever you know all of that stuff, it still can be difficult to make the predictions. Sure. And there's there's some guys that are performing well, have some high ceilings, and uh, you know I think that that's going to be that this is going on everywhere. Everywhere is trying to improve and making leaps. Like I would expect, Nebraska is probably going to be going through some of the same type of stuff. Like with a new offense, there's probably going to be some some individual players that all of a sudden come to life a little bit. You know, and you know, I, I, I don't. I'm not changing anything as far as where I think Oklahoma finishes. Like, what games are going to be difficult? I'm not. I'm not changing any of that. I don't know. Did, they probably didn't do any. Did they do any special teams work today at all? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. Here's kind of like, when we talk about because we all just assume that OU is going to be better special teams-wise, under Britt Venables. But I think when people say that, they mostly think there's going to be more kickoff returns for touchdowns or punt returns for touchdowns. You can be a lot better at special teams, even if you don't have any more, you know, big plays on that end. I just want to see more than anything this team cover kickoffs better, right, not give up those big plays like they have in the past. Are we going to see more starters on special teams this year and kickoff coverage, punt coverage units, or are we going to use scholarship guys? Like, what, what's what's the feel on how the, this staff is going to approach that side? Uh, I think, you know, things have changed in that regard. I think it's 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 more difficult now to do that, not because your starters refuse to, but because you need to find a way to get more guys engaged and have a role. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Guys need to be engaged Especially and have a role. Portal. Yeah. And, yeah, for the transfer portal and, and stuff like that, you need more guys engaged. So I think you will see starters playing on teams, but I, I wouldn't expect it to, like, line up on kickoff and have the starting defense running down. I I think you're still going to see plenty of two and three deep guys out there on special teams. But 
you know, if if you know that's your role and you know that's where you're going to be, there's no reason not to have elite-level coverage units whenever you've got as good a talent as we have running down the field, even if they are twos and, and possibly threes. Okay. Hey, uh, we got a special guest coming up next segment from Mitchell's Jewelry. This guy can um, – I'm, I'm going to guess he can still hit the three ball. Just, just a hunch that I have. Okay. Just a hunch. Okay. Looking forward to that. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Tyler's there at Mitchell's Jewelry. I'm hanging out here at Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. I'm live at Mitchell's Jewelry because we're kicking off arguably the biggest event of the entire year at Mitchell's Jewelry. It's the Antwerp diamond event special guest this segment the newest employee of mitchell's jewelry kellen manick who actually is the younger brother of brady manick kellen played a high level college basketball he can still hoop do you think there's any chance newton gina would go for like after the antwerp diamond event is over where we do like a uh, free throw contest you buy some jewelry here and then we have a makeshift basketball goal outside and if they beat you in a free throw contest they get like 50 percent off do you think newton gina is still that confident in your basketball abilities to risk something like that i don't know if i'm that confident <laughs> in my basketball abilities <laughs> honestly it would uh, that's a lot of pressure right there um and i think it'd be the most pressure-packed free throw you probably ever had in your career if they were to do something like that now uh, you're the newest employee here at mitchell's jewelry um what's your connection um, you graduated from Hera in high school, of course, um, but what brought you to Norman, and uh, how, how's it been working here so far? Uh, so I date Chloe Mitchell, Newton Gina's daughter, and we've been dating for about a year now, and I was actually playing at Southeastern Oklahoma State down in Durant, and I was working at First United Bank down there at their headquarters, and just kind of had some conversations with Newton Gina over the basketball season and things like that, and got to thinking about what I wanted to do. And they gave me this opportunity, and I've loved every minute of it so far. That's awesome. Yeah, and I walked in here a couple of weeks ago only with get me something white gold and dainty. Kellen, I don't know anything about jewelry or necklaces. White gold and dainty? Okay. (laughs) So I walk in. I I see you. I tell you what I want, and you showed me – some of the great, uh, some of the great stuff that you have here, and we found the perfect, the perfect necklace for our first year anniversary, and it was at an extremely low price. Uh, and and that's what I told everybody last hour is, look, if you're looking for an engagement ring, because this is where Oklahoma gets engaged. If you're looking for a birthday gift for your wife or for your mom or like whoever, like don't price around, because I already did that work for everyone else. I priced around everywhere else. Mitchell's jewelry has not only the best selection, but I think the best prices as well. You helped me out. I was in and out of here in like five minutes with something that I thought was great for, uh, again, for a really low price. It was awesome. Well, they work hard, and uh, they work hard to price things competitively and price them well, but then everybody in here is willing to help. I think if I remember right, that day Nancy even helped us yes, sir. when That's we were right. picking out the jewelry. You know, it's just one of those things where everybody's willing to do their part and on the back end, we're going to help you if you need a repair, you need things like that as well. We'll take care of you. And I love the room that you have me in back here because this is like, it looks like my bedroom when I was 11, 12 years old. You've got the Giants uh, 2002 Final Four. The Final Four OU was in with Indiana, Maryland, and KU. You've got that frame, Big 12 Tournament Champs T-shirt frame with the team photo. Uh, you got a picture of Kelvin Sampson up there. This is like an OU basketball shrine, essentially, back here, which is uh, which is really cool. And 
you know, one thing I want to ask you when you um, since you're on with this, you were at the Final Four in New Orleans. North Carolina came so close to to winning the title. What was that experience like watching your older brother? And what's uh, what, what, what's Brady doing now? What's what's his basketball plans here moving forward? Uh, the experience was unbelievable. I mean, just seeing him be successful like that, just after everything he had been through, and just being able to go out and enjoy it. He had such a great year. North Carolina was such a blessing. And he actually he landed at, I think it was 140 this morning in Australia. He's signed wow. playing with Perth uh, Wildcats in Australia, Perth, Australia. He's excited about it. I mean, he had other offers and he had other things he could have done. But at the end of the day, he said, you know what, I want to go somewhere where they want me and I'm important. And that's what he did. And I'm so proud of him. So you're going to have to watch games at like, I don't know how the time difference works there. But 13 like hours. 13 hours? You're yeah. going to be up watching games, 13-hour time difference? Yeah, or so what? when I'm watching him, I, I'm trying to think. But if his game's at like 7 p.m., it'll be 6 a.m. here. So I, <laughs> I luck, can swing buddy. it. Good I can luck, swing buddy. it. There you go. There's uh, Kellen Manick here at Mitchell's Jewelry. More to come next on The Ref. We'll roll on with our number two next. <laughs> 